Hello, Heidi. Hi, Wendy. Hello, everybody. We are re-releasing our fatherhood series because fathers are of the utmost importance to children too, or at least a male figure, right? So we kind of really talked a lot about the journey of several of our champion men in yes. our communities and really what it looks like, right? Yeah, I'm so excited to re-listen to these. I feel like every time that I'm in a new place, hearing somebody's story, I just lean into a different part of it, right? And I take something else from it. So um, I am looking forward to listening again, and we invite you to as well with us. Yes. Welcome, everybody. We are going to talk today to Kevin O'Rourke. He is the Vice President of Student Services at Shasta College and a part of um, North State Together and does a lot of work uh, regionally for us um, through Shasta College and through North State Together. So we're excited to have a conversation with him about men and their role in children's lives and how important it is and his journey as a dad, because we know he's an amazing dad. So um, we're, we're so excited. How are you doing today, uh, Kevin? I'm doing great. Thank you both for uh, inviting me. One of my favorite topics. Hopefully I won't dominate the conversation. Oh, we're okay if you do, huh, Heidi? Yeah, we are. We invite you to. People probably get sick of our voices, so that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they just like, well, I was hoping for this podcast to have other people in it, but <laughs> no. So thank you so much for joining us, you know, and we're we're really um, invested in helping people in general understand child development, but we're also very invested in helping people understand that both the male and the female roles in a child's life are important and that they teach children different things through their development. And that is, you know, every walk of life that's in our community has some role that's important to the child's development and understanding and being inquisitive and, and being inclus inclusive of everybody. And I do think sometimes we forget as a society that fathers or father figures or men are important to how we move about in child development and what that really means. So um, we first though want to ask you a little bit about what your journey has been like as a dad. Oh wow, that's a, uh, yeah, it, it's been um, probably the best time of my life. I have two daughters and um, they are 13 and 10. And so um, when people say it goes quickly, I can attest to that. I, I still look at them and think of them as these little kids, but they're growing and maturing and asking all sorts of uh, different questions now. And, and that's, that's been really great. And so um, my wife and I kind of moved around a little bit. We were in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona for a while and then down in South Florida. And um, we wanted to come to a place where we felt like, you know, it would be uh, great for our kids to grow up. And, and uh, we found that, that home in Redding. So we're, uh, we're experiencing uh, a great time right now. And it's really been fun. I didn't know that you had been pretty much across all points of the United States. How old were your kids when you were moving? That's such a... That's just an interesting journey in itself, right? <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, actually, they were born here. Both of them were, were, were born here, have been here about 15 years. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we love South Florida, but it happened to be during the two years when all the hurricanes hit. And so uh, 
my wife was joking and said, give me an earthquake any day. And so she, uh, our families are, are mostly from the Bay Area, San Jose. And so, uh, but we knew that we couldn't afford to move back there. And we wanted to come to kind of a smaller um, population density area. And it was just beautiful up here. And so, um, yeah, so both of um, MJ and, and Sean, um, were born here and uh, got to see them. And, and some of the work uh, that we do through North State together um, is on that kindergarten readiness. And, and Wendy, you're an expert. And so are you, Heidi, on that. And, um, you know, that's something that we're really looking at right now. If you experienced, you know, having your child uh, have to go for a whole year and sit out and, and, and do um, schooling from home uh and how that's going to play out so that's that's something that i'm very interested in now is following uh kind of the development of some of those uh young kids as as they progress through the system and see if there's things that we can do to proactively solve issues um but then also um learn from it you know what are some of the effects of of, of something that happens uh as serious as fires and pandemics and other things that we've we've dealt with in our area Definitely. And I think, you know, as we move forward, there's going to be several years that we'll have to be looking at in order to really comprehend the full magnitude of all of the different things that have happened in our community and um, in the surrounding communities. And just, you know, like you said, the fires and the pandemic and all of that are going to play a part and a role in how children begin to interact. So that was a great point. It's, I think you have a really unique position, Kevin, because you work somewhat at a college, right? But then you lead and, and support this collective that is full age range. So as you are seeing and um, you know supporting your children's growth, I imagine these different components of that North State collective impact really kind of heighten and, and you become, um, you, just, you see them at a much different narrative qualitative level. Have you like, how have your kids and watching your kids kind of played into that for you? So, well, I had an interest in this in, uh, you know, in graduate school. So I, I, I um, lifespan developmental psychology was, was something that I, I um, had studied, spent a lot of time and, and taught a couple of years. And it is true until you have kids yourself, you really, I, I used to sit there and act like I knew everything, you know, and, <laughs> and then uh, you have children and you do see things a little bit differently. And um, all those techniques that I used to throw out that, oh, I'll just do this, I'll just do that. It's uh, sometimes it's not as, as simple, but um, you know, uh, as they um, have developed, um, you know, I did notice uh, both in through some of the research that I had done before and with my own kids that there is a, um, there's an importance in having, um, you know, a father there and, um, and I kind of shared with you last time that we talked, it's, it's not just uh, for um, child development, it is selfishly uh, healthy for the father, because uh, they can begin to experience things um, by being involved with their children, and you become more patient, uh, not maybe all the time, but... Um, you know, your patience and the way that you communicate to others. And it's an opportunity uh, for you to uh, kind of kind of display and show, you know, what you expect of 
of your kids. And so um, that's, that's been a really cool part of it is um, taking, you know, what I learned kind of in it through research and theory uh, and practice and uh, experiencing it firsthand and knowing that sometimes there's a disconnect and sometimes there's a, there's a great connection there. I love that. I do, you know, think that sometimes we forget that having kids um, or children in our lives is just as much rewarding for the adults, you know, and especially if you're the parent or care provider that is in, you know, has the child in care all the time, right? And I think that, you know, when I, when you said that, it actually sparked for me, not just my joy in seeing my kids, but my joy in seeing my children who you know, are growing and developing and being successful. And the joy that my daughter now has working in a preschool with some of the children she comes into contact with, it just run, you know, it's just like full circle because I worked in preschools for a while too. And I, it just fills my heart. It just is like one of the things that makes my day go better, you know, knowing that she's enjoying that and that when, um, or if she chooses to have her own children, that's going to be so much more rewarding for her. And that, that also means that she's going to do an amazing job as a parent because she's already had some other experiences that lend themselves to that. So I love that you said that, that it's just as rewarding and, and helpful. Just today, um, so MJ says, uh, dad, I'm thinking about running for class president, but I need a slogan. And so I said, I ran for uh, class president when I was in seventh grade. And uh, I came up with a slogan and it was, uh, don't be a dork, vote for O'Rourke. And <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> I failed miserably. I lost that election like you would not believe. But what happened for the rest of my high school years, I was known as Kevin O'Dork. And so um, I, I told her not to do that. And then she just texted me right before we got on, on this call and she came up with her new slogan and it was, um, I don't run much, but when I do, I run for president or something like that. And so it's, uh, just, you know, watching those things and hopefully she'll be more successful than her father was. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, daily adventures. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should have gone with something more positive like my friend who said be trendy vote for lindy there you go <laughs> that you still remember i love that <laughs> that's, oh that's a funny story it is it's so true though that they like you see yourselves in them and then you actually realize maybe some of those 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 lessons and and things that we don't realize that we may be passed on, but we did, right? And then that almost, for me anyway, it mirrors back on me and I'm like, oh, okay, I have to do more of that, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you were, you realize yeah. the importance. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, so funny. What, you know, Wendy, you mentioned that sometimes we, well, we, as a child development field, we have predominantly women in the field. And so there are less men that are in the infant toddler classrooms or as family child care providers. And so we are always supporting um, to, to lift up men who want to be in the child development field. Um, so, you know, lifespan um, development is not quite the child development classroom, but it is a developmental psychology. So I'm curious what led you there because it probably was not um, a highly male dominated study. <laughs> yeah, I, um, so I got my master's degree in counseling and I really liked helping people and, and um, uh, communicating with people. And then I chose lifespan developmental uh, psychology because um, 
I like the idea of covering, you know, just kind of uh, the lifespan, but it also led me as I got into it, um, it, it, it gave me a, a larger awareness of how important those first five years are and um, the changes and the opportunity uh, to um, assist this you know, child in, in developing just by, you know, reading, spending time with them, showing them, you know, love and, and, and patience, correction, um, and all of those things that, that we do. And I, that's what really kind of opened my eyes to it. Um, and then again, when I had kids, it was, it was, you know, you're able to see it, uh, firsthand, but yeah, that, you know, um, I think that we've made a lot of progress in, in, in breaking down barriers yeah. uh, for traditional, you know, genders uh, as far as occupations go um, in, in a lot of areas. And I think right now, you know, past 20 years, we've, we've done a better job at, at uh, kind of getting um, men actively, you know, involved and in looking at some of those, it's still, you know, when you look at how many people study certain majors, there, there still is, you know, some, some unbalance there, but, um, we have a program, uh, like a, a welding program at Shasta college right now. And some of the top, um, graduates of that program, uh, are females. And, um, you know, just 10 years ago, we, we never would have, have seen that. So I think we're making progress on, in a lot of different occupations and hopefully this is continues to be, be one of them. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we are seeing, especially in the North State, in different pockets and programs that you see a lot of um, support. And often because we are rural, we have had a very high variety of experiences growing up. And so the maybe gender stereotyped experiences aren't what we've had. You know, we've, we've been doing the heavy lifting yeah. for a lot of it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I agree. I, I think, you know, when I think back to some of my youth, there were a lot of people when I lived in Modesto area that, you know, didn't have the same experiences when I would come up to just visit in the summertime or once we moved up here to this area that, you know, I had to, you know, do when I was a kid, like chop wood and, you know, do some of the mm. things that would have been traditionally viewed as, you know, a boy's role, but we didn't have. I didn't have brothers that lived with me. And so it was just, you know, my sister and I, and there were things you needed for the winter and, you know, the, my dad couldn't do it all himself. So there was some need for assistance and that was me. And so, you know, I think that there, you know, is definitely some of that, you're right, that has, you know, been, you know, developed for us. But I do also think that sometimes there's some traditionalist views around, you know, what role should be done by a dad and what role should be done by a mom. And predominantly that means sometimes that men in the, in that type of a relationship kind of get left out of the ability to be the care provider. And you still hear things like, well, I'm going to, you know, have my husband babysit or even the dad will say, I'm going to babysit. No, they're your children. You know, right. right. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to make sure that, that everybody, you know, understands that, um, I'm not suggesting that uh, a mother can't do what a father can. I, I, I'm coming from, uh, I guess, a motivation of just um, letting fathers know how great it can be and the reward they would get back if they were, uh, 
you know, to really take the time and, 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 uh, spend quality time. And it looks different for each family, however that looks, whether you're married or not, or that, you, you know, but, um, you know, I, 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 I do think that, uh, you know, and the, the, the data plays it out, you know, uh, father absenteeism is a, is a problem and it, it, it manifests itself in various ways, negative ways. Um, you can look at it through the lens of incarceration rates, academic success rates. You can cut it any which way you can. Um, and the benefits of having a, an engaged father, uh, certainly, um, I think is something that, that uh, I'm really proud that that, that First Five is, is taking a uh, kind of a public uh, stance on that and saying, this is important to us. This is part of, of uh, overall what we want to look at and, and help and support. So uh, as a commissioner of First Five, I'm very <laughs> proud of the work that, that, that both of you are doing. And, and uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Well, thank you. I do, you know, we have um, several men on the commission, which I'm very proud about because I do think that there's a different viewpoint that happens and for a variety of reasons. And I don't think Hopefully none of the listeners believe that we are coming from a place where we think that women can't do because, you know, we've had this conversation before, right? You know, I think women can do. And I also think though, that when you talk about child development and it's interesting, you, you had um, developmental psychology. That was the, actually my emphasis when I did my bachelor's degree in psychology. And then I had a bachelor's degree in child development too. So it was, they married very well with one another. And I think that when you talk about that, you, there is research out there that talks about the way that a brain is developed differently by the different types of hormones that course through your body, as well as your environment, as well as your epigenetics, as well as all of the other things that play a part in DNA expression and then in brain development. So, you know, it is important for people to recognize that there is something added, there's value add for different genders as a part of a child's life. And no one also is saying that if, you know, we're not saying that same-sex couples can't, if that's what they, you know, you know, are doing, be parents, you know, that isn't what we're saying. We're saying though, that there's a value add to assuring that you have a good male role model, a good male father figure type in that child's life, because if you don't, they aren't getting the same things. There's things that get taught by men that women can teach, but it's different. It's taught differently. Um, and research shows it just happens more naturally from that male role model in that child's life, that father figure. We had a really nice conversation um, a few weeks back and we were talking about kind of the non-traditional male role models because I think that's really powerful too, right? That, um, you know, whether you, you had a father that was in your life or not, there are oftentimes these really powerful role models and specifically for um, young boys, it can be very powerful if there is a positive male role model in their life. I'm curious, do you have any of those coaches, mentors, folks that have played a, a played a role as well? Yeah, it brings up a um, kind of the beauty of it all. You know, I had um, uh, two sets of grandparents. And so um, my grandparents on my mother's side, they were actually... Um, my grandfather uh, came from uh, the reservation in, uh, in, in Oklahoma. And um, so he, um, 
they migrated out here for when the Dust Bowl and the Depression. And so they came out to California. And then my grandfather on my father's side um, was from from Ireland. So his, they had immigrated um, from Ireland. And so I had two, and what I don't want to do is get into any, you know, uh, stereotyping or anything like that. But my grandfather on my mother's side was very stoic and he was quiet and he was loving. And I uh, just remembered spending time with him and I just felt safe and comfortable next to him. And my grandfather on my uh, father's side, just as loving, but just made me laugh and he played and he would just, we, you know, it was, um, it was beautiful because I had two you know, father figures, if you will, and my grandfathers that were very different. Their styles were completely different, but they both, I mean, it was just mission accomplished as far as all the grandkids, you know, uh, loved them. And so, as you said, there's not one way to do this, you know, being yourself and um, just, you know, uh, remaining positive. And I think that, you know, anybody who knows kind of what, what is healthy for a child, it doesn't take, um, you know, some sort of advanced degree to understand, um, you know, kind of, are you making a good decision for this child or not? And so, um, yeah, that, thank you for asking that question. I didn't know you were going to ask that, but yeah, my, I, I have wonderful memories of my, my grandfathers. I think it's, I love, I love hearing stories from people's past because you light up so intensely when you're talking about people that gave you such joy, right? In, in those very different ways. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I think it's true um, for Kevin. He lights up when he's talking about that and his children and his wife. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you can tell the joy that all of that brings to him. And I do think that it, it totally shaped who you are today. And it shapes anyone to, you know, to who they are. And I also think when you were mentioning that, it also brings me back to when I was growing up. And I think that hopefully other people will think back and they'll also recognize the differences and the different people in their lives and what they brought to the table and how you can do it differently and what was really successful for you. Um, and one of the things I always try and take away from any experience is how will I move this forward in my life and what will mm -hmm. I leave behind? Um, and so, you know, in thinking about my past, I often do that as well. Like, oh, I moved that forward and I need to leave that behind. Maybe I moved it forward and now it's not successful for me anymore. And I need to leave that part behind, um, in a way of just continuing to grow and move and push myself into new places. So, um, that's great. Wendy. Thank you. What is one of your favorite memories of growing up? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> Uh, I had so many memories. My, um, my, uh, brother and I were very close. He was about two years. Uh, and, um, I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I remember just, uh, hanging out with him. I, I was spending, I was, I, I split time back and forth between Idaho and, and California. And, um, I remember uh, in California, I had a couple of friends, um, but in Idaho, you could get your driver's license when you were 14. <laughs> in California, you couldn't. And they did that because a lot of Idaho's farming communities, right? Yeah. You would not believe the amount of new friends I made in California when I had my driver's license at 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 
so um i have a lot of great memories of uh oh man i was one of those little skater boys that was just running around with a skateboard and and uh trying to do my best to stay out of trouble um so those were really good memories uh i um my brother and i were raider fans in a family full of san francisco 49er fans <laughs> and so uh when we finally got permission to start going to raider games uh going to oakland when i was a kid and, and watching the raider games those were those were great well, they moved now though so typically entered in a loss but they were still fun. it was the community engagement and the family time right exactly. yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for being with us. I can't wait to share some of these highlights. Um, we can't let you go without asking your favorite children's book. What's your favorite children's book you used to read to your kiddos? Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it brings up probably a more of a serious conversation that I don't want to end on, but I actually, my kids love those Dr. Seuss books. And oh, so yeah. go dog, go. You know, so that's kind of a fascinating conversation around, you know, how do you handle that as far as literature with, with children and things like that. But that go dog go, but I had to read that more times than you can ever possibly imagine uh, to both of them. And I probably would still be okay if I was reading it to them. So um, yeah, I would ask again. That's awesome. I think that's a yeah. really valuable conversation because I think um, we all have to process and we all have to learn and go our own journey, but we often still have emotional memories connected to that literature. And so yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. And I don't think yes. that every book that he wrote was considered, you know, not okay. And I, and I would point out that there are some like the Lorax, that's a pretty powerful display of environmentalism. And then there's also, you know, some of the books that point out that there is often discrimination. So I, I would want a fuller conversation with people about yeah. why they're viewing that this way without him being able to kind of defend some of the work and be able to say, this is really what my intention was when I wrote this. And uh, because overall, I find that what he wrote was less about that and more about opening your eyes to the fact that there are things that aren't okay in our communities and that you need to be more accepting of those things. But, you know, I also think there are some books that maybe we don't want, you know, to have out publicly all the time, unless you're willing as a parent to have a conversation about how that looks not okay. And it's on how, when you say these things, it's not okay. I just set you up for a future podcast. There you go. Well, there, you go. there you go. Look at that, Kevin. Always setting us up for future podcasts. I love it. I love it. Anti-bias conversation and how to evaluate and how to get everybody's voice to the table. There you go. It'll be brilliant. There you go. And then you'll have to be back again. See? So there you go. You see, I, I have so much fun. Yeah. Sometimes I forget that we're recording. I'm just talking with you. But um oh, no, good. sincerely, yeah, thank you. I will come back anytime. And uh, I, again, I really honor the work. That, that both of you do and your organizations. And um, I, I sometimes fret thinking about if we took away uh, first fives, what, what, what things would look like both locally and, and, and throughout the state when you look at everything that, that they've done. So um, thank you both. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. All right, thank you all for listening. We hope you join us again real soon and have a great and wonderful day. 
Thank you for joining us today. Remember to check out the links in the podcast or go to our websites, www.first5shasta.org or www.first5tehama.org for any additional information, resources, or needs. You can also directly email either of us, Wendy at W-D-I-C-K-E-N-S at F-I-R-S-T-5 S-H-A-S-T-A dot org or Heidi at H-M-E-N-D-E-N-H-A-L-L at F-I-R-S-T-5 T-E-H-A-M-A dot com. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you'll join us again. Remember, it only takes one person in a child's life to make the difference in building resiliency. Will you be that person? Thank you for joining us today. Remember to check out the links in the podcast or go to our websites, www.first5shasta.org or www.first5tehama.org for any additional information, resources, or needs. You can also directly email either of us, Wendy at W-D-I-C-K-E-N-S at F-I-R-S-T-5 S-H-A-S-T-A dot org or Heidi at H-M-E-N-D-E-N-H-A-L-L at F-I-R-S-T 5-T-E-H-A-M-A dot com. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you'll join us again. Remember, it only takes one person in a child's life to make the difference in building resiliency. Will you be that person?